0: Do not come. Do not come.
1: I'm going to (laughs) come.
2: So I'm assuming now that your sorry ass has moved back to North Carolina that you're making beats again. Is that what this is that uh, what this was?
1: No, I've had this one on deck for a while. Actually, <laughs> I just don't think I've used it yet.
2: No, no, you haven't. Because I was like, what? And then the punchline hit. and I was like, oh, OK, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I didn't want anything too overtly sexual because, you know, it's three guys and I don't want people to get the wrong idea. So
1: or the correct idea
2: or the correct idea, either or, you know, don't ask, don't tell. That's what we say in the podcast world. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, probably don't care. Adam left us. He ditched me and Doug his his two gay dads um, to move back to North Carolina because he likes humidity and. Affordable housing, so that's
1: right. Yes, mainly affordable him. housing and good food.
2: I do miss the. I, I hated Charlotte. I was not a fan. But that said, I really did enjoy the the foodie culture there because it really was oddly uh, prominent. You know, it was pretty cool.
1: The Bible Belt likes to be fat.
2: <laughs> well you know when you're when you're a hypocrite and you've got all that angst and anger inside of you food helps
1: you got to have somewhere to helps. show up with 50 people after church
2: oh yeah yeah and if you're catholic you still have to have the ash on your forehead so that's that is absolutely required it actually says that in the bible that uh When you
1: you go to Sizzler after church, you got to have the ash on your forehead. I remember it saying that. Dine
2: upon the Sizzler with ash ash on your forehead. Isaiah 13b or something.
0: So, bingo. Well, I think uh, it's impossible for a Baptist to throw dirt on somebody in the grave and not have potato salad after that.
2: (laughs) Margie's potato salad. Hell, though, motherfuckers in Alabama will yell "Roll Tide" at a funeral. Yep, yeah. <laughs> with Mother I, Mary, I, I, full I would of not grace. be
0: surprised. "Roll Tide," <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers. I, I kept telling people you can use it in Alabama. You can use it like "Amen." You know, we went down to Sister Beulah's. "Roll Tide," you know, and you can just like. Put the use that as a period on the end of any <laughs>
2: Lord I just Jesus, forgive us. Roll tide.
0: Dump. Roll tide. <laughs> roll, tide.
2: <laughs> roll tide. Yeah, it is true too. That's this. I laugh. Adam laughs because it's you know objectively funny. I laugh because I've seen it. So. Yep. They, so uh, it, it is a it, religion.
0: It, Everybody out there, feel free to borrow that. Just put Roll Tide Roll time. at the end of everything. Roll Tide. And uh, you'll fit right in in Alabama. You'll be very <laughs> yeah. popular unless you're close to the Auburn campus.
2: Yeah, then it's War Damn Eagle. What? The fucking, uh, was it Auburn Tigers, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Auburn yeah. Tigers, but they yell, War Damn Eagle. Uh, yeah, it. So. it
1: doesn't make sense. I am so fucking confused.
2: Well, it's you know, southern football. Oh. Well you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. American football. So I say real football, not that yeah. stupid soccer football. Nah, not that that communist shit, you know, where they don't let you use your hands. So eventually they atrophy and you can't pick up a gun and fight the liberals.
1: My buddy so, was showing me a clip from this professional soccer game which i definitely really wanted to see (laughs) and uh one of the referees had a fifa badge on so i asked him if they were sponsored by the video game (laughs) because i see that the uh, referee is wearing a a fifa badge and, Uh and if the if the game like the game is really on the field now like the game has made it onto the field in like a real way. And then he explained to me for like 30 minutes uh, that FIFA was a thing before the video game. <laughs> and I just <laughs> let him do it.
2: <laughs> so I had a proud Adam moment while my sisters were here. Um, they came out to, to Colorado to, to visit and uh, my sister, one of my sisters was a I think, neonatal nurse for like fucking ever in a day. And we were talking about breastfeeding or something. And uh, she starts getting wound up about how we're not supposed to drink cow's milk. And I just had to have an Adam moment. I was like, "Mm, but why do they sell it then? You know, and then she's going on. And I was like, well, why are there so many cows if we're not supposed to drink the milk? You know, and I'm just keeping a completely straight face. The like entire cows time. are
1: just here for our consumption. <laughs> yeah, we're just, just here for
2: us to drink milk. And I'm like, but it's got vitamin D, which you know was tantamount to it's got what plants crave. And I just kept going on and on. And uh, my sister Amy, she caught on like from the very beginning, and she's just cracking up and my sister Jennifer is just fucking losing it about, and you're going into the science, right? she's a nurse. She's going into the fucking science of breast milk and cow's milk and all this stuff. And I just, the best part was just the straight face, but I I felt like I was channeling my inner Adam, you know? So and just trolling with a straight face. Cause if you can do that, you can, people are funny in that you can say the most ridiculous things as far as like trolling, and as long as you keep a straight face, that stone poker face, like 90% of people will will question your sincerity so hard that they'll just, you know, they'll just go into it and be like, you, you can't be fucking serious. And they start talking and you're thinking to yourself, well, of course I'm not serious, but this is fun. And <laughs> I do kind of understand now why you troll people as much as you do. So It's
1: too much fun.
2: Because that actually was somewhat enjoyable and amusing Um just to get somebody who is typically pretty calm all, all wound up. So yeah, I was, I was enjoying that, but uh yeah, you know, like I said, you. <laughs> what, why you are there cows going? then if we're not supposed to drink right, all their milk? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh,
1: I love that. I, Cause it's just complete nonsense.
2: Right. But if you look at some of the conspiracy theories and concepts and ideas that are floating around nowadays, to me, those make zero sense, and yet there are hundreds, if not thousands and millions, of people who believe in some of it. So, yes, it's like who is trolling who at this point? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. The world right? is trolling itself right now. Right? The universal troll. Yeah, I don't know. We were, you uh, know we were talking earlier about. Um, there's this woman that I keep seeing on. I've kind of fallen back into like TikTok and stuff like that. My my dopamine receptors enjoy it. And uh she's this redhead, and as Doug pointed out, every time you see one of her videos, they've got a bunch of high-end like road mics and uh you know Sennheiser headphones on, and she's talking to other people, but the videos tend to concentrate on her. And she kind of she lays out some of the hypocrisy. Of the way women are perceived and perceive things, and the one that I saw today that really fascinated me is she talks about how
1: women leave. Women oh, sorry, dev- sorry, goddamn it! I meant yeah, to mute my mic.
2: Yeah, oh, that's actually gonna... that is the video. Um, <laughs> she goes on and talks about how men are not really into marriage anymore because there's just nothing in it for them because women, and I've, I've stated this on other podcasts. I've seen this, this number. She said 70 to 80% of all divorces are, uh, initialized by the woman. The number I had heard was 75. It was, uh, or 80, it was four out of five divorces. Right. So, uh, again, that tracks. So statistically speaking, women are going to leave men. And then when we marry them, they wind up taking half their financially incentivized to take the kids with them because they get more money. Uh, so it's just like, why, why fucking bother anymore? And as someone who has been married and divorced twice, I can tell you, um, at least, you know, with my second wife, I feel like she definitely financially did better off than I did as far as things go, not because she went after me or anything. I actually sort of gave in if you will, because I didn't want to fight. I just wanted it done. But I know plenty of guys that have just been raked over the coals. Um, very few women I know are can, can, can say that. Um, but there is a double standard in the world with how women are treated and men are treated and not in the way that a lot of women are jumping up and down or, Well, the two that listen are jumping up and down and saying, you know, we're not treated fairly women, They, they want you to be chivalrous, uh, and a feminist at like the same time. And if you call them out on some of this behavior, they've got a word for you. That word is incel, right? Which for those that don't know is short for involuntarily celibate, which in a nutshell means you can't get laid. So that's why you're angry. You're, you're angry and you're pointing out this, these, these points because you can't get laid is basically the only thing argument. that
1: makes you angry as a man is that you can't get laid yes that's but it let's not Nothing slut else. shame
2: right <laughs> right but don't. But please stop laid.
1: your slut shaming
2: there you go there you go that's that's i mean that it, that's part of exactly what uh the, the the point of what i was trying to get to is that and i've said this for years you know is that there is this double standard women vehemently will fight against it because they benefit a woman can very easily benefit just by being a woman in the right place. You know, we've all seen the the woman in a bar get to go to the VIP room or go do whatever she wants. Um, I think one of the most dangerous things in the world that I have ever seen is an entitled woman that has a a man that doesn't know any better and will fight or, you know, she I've seen plenty of women that they will go get into fights or start shit. And then here comes this big 300 pound fucking gorilla behind her, ready to just swing on anybody without knowing the story, without having any idea how anything started, you know, and I've seen that time and time and time again. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating to me. Um, and not because I can't get laid, um, but because it's just—it's embarrassing for them. It's frustrating and it's irresponsible. Um, meanwhile, I can't get laid, so I'm angry. Just very angry. But yeah, so I knew about I
1: knew that was the core th- reason that you were th- so this, mad all this
2: time you know, but I need to find that woman's name because uh, as Doug pointed out with her having a podcast or seemingly having a podcast, I'd like to listen and, and hear what, what else she has to say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of it is, I don't want to say stick, but you know, a woman calling out other women for things, you know what I mean? Like that, that tends to get attention. Um, it's like a a Black Trump loving Republican
1: You know I think One of the main issues people forget is that Like the pendulum's Always gonna swing back the other way I agree And the quicker you fucking jerk it one way The quicker it's gonna fucking slingshot back In the other direction
2: I do hate when I jerk it and it slingshots back And the <laughs> Yeah
1: yeah. People people forgot how to do like small incremental changes and try to like push for like real meaningful like differences. To, yeah, like make want. things equal. They just want yeah. to jerk things one way as fast as they can. Yep. And all that does yeah. is piss people off. Yep. On the other yeah, side. It
0: seems like, you know, shit like that should be held in summits. <laughs> 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 we should make incremental progress. Okay, we have agreed to this stuff they have agreed to this stuff kind of a thing, but that shit will never happen. It's like, Oh, we were previously unaware of this thing. Let's overcorrect for it, you know? And that's, and you know, that's, that's been a historical trend, but especially like in the last six to eight years, it seems like when something hits the social consciousness, it, you know, it doesn't really creep in like, you know, Sort of like you know acceptance around gay marriage that kind of just creeped in, mm-hmm. right? You know, it was one of those things you know, and it, it there it over time a lot of people changed their opinions, So that was a slow incremental thing. When Me Too hit, that was boom, that was immediate, that was you know it, it was warranted, but you right. know then some of the things that came along with it kind of went weird and slightly overboard in certain areas. But, you know, overall, you know, it you know, it seemed to be a good thing at the beginning, but everybody can twist anything. Shitty people will take any issue that's floating around out there and find a way to use it to their advantage whether it's warranted or not. Yeah, uh, that's true.
1: And the Me Too thing, it's like they, it, it was so aggressive that like yeah. then there was like this counter movement of like all these dudes <laughs> right who were just saying that like every person that came forward about like sexual uh, misconduct allegations was lying and then you had this fucking group of <laughs> fucking pissed off actual incels <laughs> right who were just as vocal and i don't know it was, it was stupid it was like they're i don't know Moving things that fast never ends well
2: no, I think yeah. I think you and Doug are both right in that it, when you when you carpet bomb somebody, they tend to react retaliate you know, um, as a friend of mine said, t- people tend to react, not respond. There's a difference there, you know, and what we see a lot right now. to Doug's point in the last 10, 15 years is reactions, not response. Um, And I think that's hard to do. I think it's hard to respond when there are these giant sea level changes, like you were saying, or aggressive changes. And people say, well, you know, we have to be aggressive to get people's attention and things like that. No, I don't think you do typically. And I think that when you do, it backfires on you. Doug said, you know, gay marriage used to be like this big fucking thing. And now it's like, whatever. The only people that care are the fucking rednecks that uh, they're going to have beef about something because that's just what they have to do. Um, I saw a funny tweet that said um, people that all oh, talking about uh, acad- academic indoctrination or academia indoctrination and it states you know it's not happening professors are not doing it it's just your precious little child is now in a world where they're meeting people of different races and sexualities and skin color and they're realizing that all of those stereotypes and all those hateful fucking things that you said all those years aren't true and I don't think I've ever seen anything that was more true than that statement you know When I lived my, one of the things my sister and I talked about while she was here was we grew up in this shitty little town in Ohio and people who think that racism is only like sequestered in the South are horribly mistaken. The North I think sometimes is even fucking worse because there's like one black person in a thousand, you know, Um, growing up, I didn't, it was, I wasn't until I was a teenager that I knew any black people. And uh, it was just a few in this one town. And uh, I grew up with all the stereotypes and I grew up with all the, you know, racial slurs and all that. And they were just, they were normal. And then I moved to Columbus and not only did I move to Columbus, Ohio, but I moved down on campus. I was like two blocks from campus. I was going to parties and then I was in the bands and, you know, play in all these places and and here you had people from i met people from every ethnic origin i met some well openly gay people because i know damn well there were some gays in that town i grew up in but they didn't dare like quote unquote come out i met openly gay people and um you know and, and all of this stuff and you hang out with them and you start to realize that There's nothing intrinsically scary about black folks or Hispanics or gays or Muslims or whatever. You know, some of them were really good fucking people. Uh, And then I knew some just, you know, white Christians that were really shitty people. So that tweet really resonated with me because I think that's exactly it. They think, oh, they're trying to indoctrinate our children. No, no, your, your kids are just being exposed. And look, some redneck kids go to college and never change their opinion on anything, you know? Um, but a lot, (laughs) you know what I mean? I mean, some, you know, but then a lot will go and they'll meet other people. And it was hard for me. And I started to see my, my entire family in a different light after that, after, after moving up there and becoming a lot more open-minded and listening to their bullshit. And it was like, Wow. I mean, you're an adult. You should fucking know better by now that this isn't true. Um, And Adam, I know you've heard this. Doug probably has too uh, at some point. Well, he or she's one of the good ones, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talking about a a person of a specific race, you know, because my uh, old man especially would work with people of, you know, different nationalities or whatever and – yeah, but he's he's one of them good ones. He's Jesus.
1: all right for a.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what
1: I heard a lot when yeah. I was growing up. And he's I'm like, all right. Well, you for... say that twenty times, and at that point, you don't really hate the whole race anymore, right. do you?
2: <laughs> Seems like each one you meet, you say is uh, you know all yeah. right for an X Y Z. So where are you going with this, man? You know. Yeah, it's um, and I think that's why your bigger cities tend to be. Uh, more liberal and more um, open-minded of things where when you are segregated out in the middle of fucking nowhere, when you've, I mean, I know people that have grown up on farms that their great grandparents started a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, and their parents lived on the farm and worked it. And then, you know, you go to their house and it was a kid, mom, grandparent, and fuck, maybe even a great grandparent still living in the house on oxygen or whatever. So these, these people like never left the, the couple hundred acres that they grew up on or whatever. Right. You know, like they might go into town and they go to school, but they go and then they just leave. And then they're back in that microcosm again. And if you think about it, right, that's how humanity would have been for a very, very long time. Even your towns and villages would have been small compared to what they are now. Um, I think I sent you guys that quote. The guy that wrote Ready Player One, uh, he wrote a couple other books too that, that look kind of interesting, but he there's this little blurb and he talks about how our, I think he calls them our monkey minds or our ape minds um, have not evolved and don't have the capacity to deal with all of the 24 hour seven news and knowing everything that's going on in the world. And, or as I like to say, knowing when a gnat farts on the other side of the planet in real time. And I think it's true. It's depressing, man. You know, you read, you watch the news, you listen to the news and it's just fucking depressing all the time. And I don't think it's healthy. So when you, when you go from, you know, living on the farm to knowing what's going on on the other side of the world and everywhere, 24 fucking seven. I think again, that's that pendulum you talked about, Adam. I think it's just too much too fast. Um, Yeah. So,
1: but I don't constant bad news. 24 seven bullshit is definitely uh, not a good thing.
2: I don't think so either. And and the human brain is designed to look for threats, right? That's, that's one of the, (laughs) that's part of the brain that has kept us alive for millennia is, uh that that ability to find threats so when you've got this screen or this whatever in your home constantly pulling up potential threats for you <laughs> it's just hand fucking feeding it to you yeah. um 24/7 that's all the brain can do is is concentrate on that you know and they they talk about how uh depression and anxiety and all that is in ADD is all oh you know it's it's rise it's on the rise maybe it is maybe it isn't maybe people are just getting one they're they're being diagnosed and two the more people are accepting that they might need help um i was reading somewhere that during and after covid um therapists are like in are in short supply because so many people are going to therapy now which i think is fucking awesome don't get me wrong want more people to do it. Um,
1: this podcast brought to you by better help.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I've done some telehealth type, um, uh, therapy and it's actually pretty cool. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but during COVID my therapist was like, look, man, I got, I got some health issues. I can't, I can't run the risk. And at first I was like, yeah. And then I actually did it and it was pretty cool. Um, sitting here in my, Same, same setup that I use for the podcast and we're doing it. And I still felt better afterwards. So I would tell people that if, if it's something you're thinking about and, you know, give, give one of those apps a try. I've never used one. I don't know anything about them. Uh, They might be trash, but it's like anything else. It's, it's all about the person on the other end of the computer, you know, Um, not so much the delivery method, but um, yeah, I I think I'm sure that we are seeing record levels of depression the world has been i mean i'm a i'm a nihilist who grew up in the 80s you know we did the uh the threat of the cold war the threat of nuclear war movies like the day after Um, oh yeah (laughs) that movie will fuck you up um shit like that you know but i i would be willing to say that lately has been way more fucking depressing because It's a little more realistic in the sense of, you know, nuclear bomb drops were all fucking dead, right? But what I see is just this depressing fucking um, dystopian world with, you know, everybody fighting everybody over stupid-ass shit. And that just seems like a lot more realistic way of things getting shitty and slow. (laughs) Like, if a nuclear bomb hits and you die, okay, that sucks, but you're dead. Now you don't have to worry about it. But just watching the world turn into a fucking shit show, eh, you know. It's
1: great. Yeah. I love it. I actually yeah, right? really like it.
2: <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Celebrex. <laughs> fucking Eeyore.
1: So, I love watching the fucking world just turn to shit.
2: Right? With us it's in great. the fucking middle of it. I love so. it. I yeah, we'll love it. It's great. So how is uh how is Charlotte? How is North Carolina?
1: Uh it's pretty good. Um people are nicer than I remember.
2: I find that hard so. to believe.
1: Oh, you better believe it, buddy.
2: Oh, buddy, you better oh, you believe be- it.
1: Oh, oh, you better believe what I'm telling you because I'm oh. telling it right to your face.
2: Oh, it's not gonna happen, buddy. Oh no. Well <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh
1: you know, the food is definitely better, and I don't live in Charlotte, which makes it a lot
2: better. Yeah, I I did live in Charlotte. Um, right, I think we were right on the cusp of what they considered Charlotte, uh, like yeah. right on the outside. Um, so they don't just smother everything in green chili and and call it like Colorado style. Oh God, uh, dude. dude, dude.
1: You want to you want to hear my biggest pet peeve?
2: Food-wise, yes, in the I whole do. world. got more than anything. Yeah, I bet you do. I do. I bet, I bet you fuck.
1: I do. Raising canes might be the blandest chicken ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone loves it, and I don't know why.
0: <laughs> I much prefer Zaxby's to them. Ugh, God, I hate yeah. fucking Zaxby's.
1: But dude, raising canes is like they took the the whole board of raising canes has to be all white guys, probably hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's like they just throw the chicken in flour and then call it a day, and then <laughs> that's it. Your, well, yeah. It's
2: got it's got enough seasoning with the flour. What more do you yeah, need? Well,
1: the chicken is naturally seasoned
2: because we, <laughs> uh, we fed
1: the we fed the chickens some peppers, some peppers. <laughs> we feed yeah, the no. chickens garlic. It's so yeah, I I hate it.
2: I don't know that if I've... I honestly don't know. I don't know if I've ever had Raising Cane's, to be completely honest with you. It is
1: bland. I mean, they give you a pretty uh, good sauce to dip it in, but Uh if you don't use it, the chicken doesn't taste like anything.
2: Pretty (laughs) much.
0: (laughs) And the sauce is just kind of glorified... You know what everybody does, glorified Thousand Island.
1: Yeah, Zaxby sauce is the same thing, just
2: Thousand Island.
1: Yeah, I never Uh,
2: liked... um, They were zaxby's was huge in alabama and my ex um my ex was a big fan and um what didn't you like about it it just it i didn't like the flavor of it it just tasted like processed or something fake i don't know there was just something about it i mean i ate it a good deal just because she would order it that was kind of a like i said that was her comfort food and she'd order it and i'd eat it um yeah. their wings were terrible i hated their sauces um, my dogs did love their fucking french fries though uh, <laughs> those bastards would go nuts when we'd get zaxby's they'd smell the fries and be like ah oh, hell yeah so cuz we all, we had this ritual of feeding them french fries you know if they'd sit and lay down shit like that that was like their little their little treat because we tried not to feed them people food anymore than you know i would just yeah you know, if you drop something it was open dog territory. Yeah. But you got
1: a Roomba down there. to
2: get it. <laughs> Yeah. I had a four-legged Roomba. Um, <laughs> that was, you know, after, after I put my last dog down, that was actually one of the, one of my triggers, uh, to kind of be bummed would be, uh, I would drop something and it, then I'd realize I had to pick it up. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it, it'd Oh, like, darn. Yeah. i would be like blat, And I go, Oh, cause I was just so used to him coming by. Uh, and it would just bum me out. So, and there were a few times where I'd, I'd kind of start calling for him uh, and then realize that, you know, he's not coming there, Dan. And if he does, it's going to be really, really fucking awkward. So, um, right. I had a dream about him last night. I was, he, he ran off and I was looking for him and I woke up and you're in that weird conscious subconscious place You know, and it was like part of me knew he was dead, but the other part of me was, where the fuck's he at? You know, but, uh, that, and I used to have, I still do every now and again, I have, uh, a dream where I'm talking to my nephew who was killed fucking back in like 07. And he was in his early thirties, late twenties, early thirties when he died. But in my dreams, he's always like 10 years old, roughly and at some point in the dream, every time I'll look at him and I'll say, you know, you're dead. Right. And he'll be like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man. And yeah, and it's a, a reoccurring little, little dream.
1: Creepy.
2: It is creepy. And I have it, a, you know, a couple of times a year. And I I've, I've yet to figure out, I'm fascinated by dreams and, and like dream um, reading or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I've, I've, read things where certain certain, there's this belief or this thought process that certain things just mean have have meanings like spiders a fear of spiders is a fear of your mother and if you dream about snakes it means this and my problem with that is is that i think everything has superstitious man (laughs) Right, right. There's some right. There's some superstitious feel to it, and the thing is, is that a snake means different things to different people, right? I mean, a a snake means some people love snakes, right? So you can't say that a fear of snakes or slash dreaming about snakes means X, Y, Z. So how I always did it was, what does the thing that I'm dreaming about, what does it really mean to me? Like when I think of that thing or that animal or that person, what do I think about consciously, and that I feel like that's worked for me pretty well. You know, there's, there's been a few things where I feel like I've dug down and, and kind of figured out what the dreams were. I also, I also think that a lot of dreams are just random firing synapses. And what did you eat before bed? You know? Um, Cause we've all had that, right? <laughs> you eat something before bed and go to bed and you're like, I had the weirdest fucking dreams. It's like, well, What'd you eat before bed? I ate three cheese danishes, you know, that was probably a bad idea. It wasn't that.
1: It wasn't that. I think it has something to do with unresolved conflict.
2: Right. I think it's about my mom. I'm pretty sure it's about my mom. (laughs) So, uh, were those uh, Oedipus danishes, you know, where'd you you get those danishes? Uh, Oedipus fucking bakery and... Bar Mitzvah Center. It's
1: the, so. it's the new Danish uh, the Danish shop in the uh, new Oedipus Complex downtown. The <laughs>
2: <Oedipus> Complex. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ. I'm glad you were able to bring that home because I couldn't. I was struggling, man. <laughs> That's what friends do. They, they bring home your stupid ass fucking jokes when you can't.
1: You know what? I saw a lot of motherfuckers down there at that complex.
2: Sorry, I was taking a drink of water and I couldn't compliment you on that one. Thank I saw a lot of motherfuckers night. down there at the Oedipus complex. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a skit. I feel like that's a skit we could put together. So, uh, where were we at? Oh, I went down there to that new mall. What's that called? Uh, Oh, the Oedipus complex. Yeah. Yeah. I was down there. I saw a lot of motherfuckers. That I know. <laughs> Yeah. We could do this. I'm telling you, we could do this. There was something else the other day. I, I ran in my head and I was like, my God, that would be a perfect fucking skit. And uh I was trying to I think I jotted it down on like a little fucking post-it or something like that's gonna survive my ADD tirades, but um or do you ever have like do you ever have dreams where you Adam, you 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 probably have where you've got like a song lyric or something, and then you wake up and you can't for the fucking life of you remember what it was, but it was brilliant. And yeah, I always so wonder I, I had
1: a dream like that once and I was able to remember it, and then that was the day that I realized that It wasn't good. I was just asleep.
0: (laughs) That's what I was getting ready to
2: say. I wonder if, I sometimes wonder if, if like, there really is no lyric, your brain, that's just your brain doing what your brain does. (laughs) Saying, hey, bro, you had this awesome lyric, but now you can't remember it. (laughs) Ha ha. And you're like, yeah, I was like, fuck, fuck, I forgot what it was.
1: And literally like about a year ago, I had one and I was like, man, I was just like. And I remembered it, and I was like, I was just saying nothing. Like I was just saying random words, and they didn't even gibberish. Rhyme. Yeah, it's like reading in a dream. It's just nothing. It's just <laughs> random, random words or random
2: letters. You know, the the human brain, and especially the subconscious, is just absolutely fascinating. Um, and I think anyone that's ever dealt with trauma, you know, like real trauma or CPTSD, something like that should especially be fascinated by it because things that you're not even thinking about things that you're not even maybe aware of are actively impressing themselves upon you and, ch- and changing the way you act. And I just find that fucking fascinating. They, there are these um, processes in the background, you know, Uh, I I try to tell my therapist all the time who she is not computer friendly. And I I tend to speak in, I I tend to think of my brain like a computer, not that the brain is like a computer. I think computers are like the human brain, but I think about background processes that are running and causing problems (laughs) with what you're trying to do. And that's, that's kind of how I think about it. And that's the subconscious for me is that it's, running its way it's just doing its thing thinking about shit that happened and you know and because of that you change the way you consciously do things but you're not always aware that that influence is there i just think that's it's kind of disheartening at times (laughs) but at the same time i think it is just absolutely fascinating right i used to
1: think the subconscious stuff was bullshit and uh I had a repressed memory come back a few years ago and I was like, Oh, that's real. Yeah. Your brain actually does that. It's not just like, it it was very fucking strange. I did not like it at all. And that's
2: EMDR, which is one of the, the therapies that I do. I haven't done it in a while, but it's, it's designed to do that, to bring back repressed memories. And a lot of people think that repressed memories are, complete bullshit and i understand that i ain't got no repressed memories not not that i can remember anyway <laughs> no shit I, I didn't forget nothing right and forget nothing not not that but i can like, remember anyway it's not that you forgot
1: it it's that it's it's literally still there that's the weirdest part to me because i was like no way that shit is still there and i just can't access access
2: it, it. Yeah. yeah because i was again, like no
1: fucking way but it happened to me one day and i was it wasn't anything like super bad or anything, but it was very strange. Cause I was like, "Ah, I had that, I had that locked away.
2: Mm-hmm. Just something and things will trigger that. And EMDR is designed to trigger those things and get them out. And, and what's really interesting to me is that once you, once you open that pathway, it's, it's there now, you know, um, one of the things I knew somebody that went and did one of those uh ayahuasca clinics. And I know somebody now that's considering doing one of the mushroom uh rituals, right? And I remember the the person that did the ayahuasca, I asked them because they were telling me all this stuff that opened up while they were there, and I was happy for them, you know. But I asked, I was like, Well, are you seeing a therapist now? And they're like, No. And I'm like, they said as part of the whole ayahuasca thing, you could pay extra and do, you know, like the teletherapy. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Right. You could see if you pay more. Yeah. Because you didn't pay enough to go down there and do it. And Would you I you like made fries the same.
0: with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Just give me the basic meal. I wanna I wanna open up all these repressed memories and then and just then deal home. with the fucking fallout from them. Right. And I mentioned to the person talking about, you know, doing mushrooms and they said they've actually already talked to their therapist about it. Their therapist is totally on board. And, you know, when they come back, they'll, you know, they'll work on all that. You cannot open up your mind like that at, especially as when you get older and you've got all this, these repressed memories, you cannot flood your brain with all of these repressed memories and not be able to deal with them. And you really just can't deal with them on your own. And like I said, I think everybody should be in therapy. Um, my therapist and my psychiatrist both have, have made comments to me about <laughs> I'd be a great therapist and I should consider it. My, my therapist is all about it. She's like, maybe after you retire, you could, go, cause I, I was like, I don't have time to go back to school. I mean, you have to get, I think like a bachelor's to then be, to get your license and all that. And I just don't see me doing it, you know. Well, to be um, fair,
0: that's not something you would want. Some schmuck that took a uh, weekend right. crash course <laughs> to be to be yeah.
2: like a Cisco dump, like one of the uh, the brain yeah. dumps. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Those
0: you know test prep courses you don't want. <laughs> just give me your give me the therapist notes on the human
2: mind. Yeah, I'm just saying. Mm-mm. No, and I'm I'm all about that, right? Um, I was talking. you talking
1: to them. You can hear them googling in the background. <laughs> like,
2: so anyway, Dan, what <laughs> fraud? So no one's going to get that reference. Um, yeah, and and it's and that's dangerous. I mean, we were. I was talking to somebody, and they were discussing how their therapist told them that, uh, you know, talking about narcissists and a lot of therapists don't even understand what a narcissist is and how dangerous they are and what they're capable of doing. And that's the point, right? Is that therapists don't know everything. So don't, I I do a lot of learning and stuff on my own. I've, I've clued my therapist into, to to new things. And I, my psychiatrist, I clued her into new things. Hey, have you ever heard of X, Y, Z? And she's like, no, and then I'd come in and see her again a week, couple of weeks later. And she'd be like, dude, I researched this and this is fascinating. Where did you come across this? And it's like, well, you know, you see people eight hours a day, five days a week. I live with me 24 fucking seven. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I do. I do research these things and I am genuinely fascinated by it. like, the human mind, sociology, how the brain works. I'm not formally educated on much of any of it. I've taken some classes here and there, but I'm just genuinely fascinated with how the mind works. Um, I want to do a a Carl Jung. Some of you have heard of Carl Jung and the the fascinating thing about him is that he went nuts. I think he had uh, schizophrenia, but he is also one of the like, grandfathers, forefathers of, um, mental health as we know it today, Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. You know, those guys are, they're all over the place in, in textbooks, but Jung started to lose his mind, but he knew he was losing his mind because of all of his training and research. And so like, even when he was in the mental hospital, he was still documenting things and he was documenting it for the cause, if you will. Right. Because he knew that this was such a unique perspective of being as educated and trained as he was and having that perspective and being able to document what he was going through and how his mind was working. And I just think that's some, that's like some gangster shit right there, in my opinion, as far as like psychiatry. Here's
1: how I am dying.
2: Right. Right. Like, here's how I'm losing my fucking mind. And here's, you know, and I'll break it down for you in a way that no one else would understand. I just think that's some OG shit right there. Um well, he had and, a
1: unique opportunity to document. Like he was probably one of the most uh, like educated people in the field and he was going through it. It was a super I think he probably understood how unique of an opportunity it
2: was. He did. And that's and that's exactly why he did it. And so I feel like like when my therapist says You know, Dan, have you ever thought about being a therapist? Do you you have any idea how good you'd be? It's like, no, um, I've never really thought about it like that. But I, I wouldn't, I don't feel like I would get those types of accolades if I wasn't a little fucked up myself. I mean, I've, I've had to go through this shit and deal with it on my own and wrestle with it. And that's why I, I understand it or why I'm compassionate to it. You know, I'm, I'm very empathetic to people with mental health issues, but I also have a credo and that credo is having a mental illness does not give you a license to be a fucking asshole. Um, I hate when people are like, I'm bipolar, I'm schizophrenic, I have depression, I have anxiety and it's a, it's being used as a reason for why they acted badly or poorly. (laughs) yeah and i'm like no no i've got depression anxiety ocd add cptsd i've been diagnosed with all of the letters and when i act like an asshole i feel bad about it and i i say i'm sorry i acted like an asshole (laughs) 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 there's no there's no gosh sorry you know hey sorry i was acting like an asshole but i have cancer so um which sounds like something a friend of ours would say, actually, um, well, fuck it. I'll just say it. Um, rich who used to be part of our podcast back in the day, uh, had, had has dealt with some cancer in the last year. Um, and, uh, he is, he is good. He's clear. A lot of chemo. Um, but that just, I feel like that's something he would say. So I'm going to tell him I said that.
1: It really does.
2: It doesn't it? He'd be like, Hey, sorry, I was an asshole, but I have cancer.
1: So I can kind of do what I want. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I can kind of do what I want. Cause I have cancer, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely going to send him a link to this podcast. So, well, uh-oh. you know, also, <laughs> you know, we need to ask him
0: the question, does that mean you got to go to Disneyland or anything like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, was it or that bad? Did you get shafted
2: was, on that whole deal? If it was that bad, or did you have, like, current cancer or, like, 1987 cancer? Like, I think that's the important part, or the important question. 1987, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and only he would appreciate this, like, no no other. So... In 1987, when you had
0: cancer, it grew out the side of your head. Everybody knew.
2: Right. You had to walk uphill in the snow barefoot to the oncologist. Oh,
1: my God. Both ways. I've <laughs> both, both ways. ways. Both the ways. oncologist.
2: Yes, sir. Yep. They uh, Oncologists didn't have a lot of real estate options back then. They had to perch themselves up on hills that sat across from another hill where you lived. So it was very inconvenient for people. <laughs> So, yeah, speaking of diagnosis, diagnoses, um, you know, cancer is another one. They talk about how, oh, you know, cancer is on the rise. No, the diagnosis of cancer is on the rise, right? hundred years ago, people died of old age. Um, or
0: just fucking died. And they'd say, what happened? He, he fucking died. <laughs> he died. <laughs> he died. I mean. He did. Because, he did. Because, I mean, literally, you've got everything from sudden infant death syndrome to you know multiple system organ failure when somebody is you know like princess elizabeth age what have you anything in between can get you you might not even make it out i mean there's a bajillion d things that can go wrong but when the it was like before it was known that diabetes i forget the doctors that you know discovered it back in the 20s or something like that but prior to that diabetes was just called the pissing disease because <laughs> that was one of the major symptoms was pissing what, all the time or you you were always thirsty you peed all the time and then you know then you go into diabetic ketoacidosis and
1: he pissed himself much, to death <laughs> yeah. You don't know what happened
2: he's got a case of the pissing disease this how can they,
1: be cured with a pack of cigarettes.
2: <laughs> That's how they said it too. So basically, what Doug was saying is that Queen Elizabeth died from sudden infant death syndrome. I That's just want what I go, gathered. I want to go on record is uh, that—that was the official cause of death. A late onsets. Late
1: onsets.
0: Jesus.
2: Oh boy. We haven't had a, we haven't had a good offensive joke in a while, actually. <laughs> so, we've been kind of mellow lately. That was good. So yeah. Delayed it, it felt cathartic. It felt, yeah. it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. I felt right, Brian. I felt right. I feel right. There is a Family Guy episode for every occasion.
1: There really is. Oh, there is. Which is why I always say, have you guys seen the family guy bit where they do X?
2: (laughs) I am proud to say that I have seen about 90% of them. When you say that there's a very, (laughs) very few that I have not seen. Um, I still think family guy and South park are two of the funniest uh, things to ever be on TV. And a lot of it is because it is dark and offensive. Um, I saw a thing on TikTok. This guy is black guy and he was breaking down Robert Downey jr's, um, performance in Tropic Thunder. Tropic
1: Thunder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he was talking about how it's not really blackface a lot of, because you know, dude, when that movie came out, nobody had a problem with it. And then I guess in the last year or so, like some people have dug into it, you know, I guess they want to cancel Robert Downey jr. Whatever. And, uh, this guy goes on, and 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 everything he said. He said it's about nuance. Um, you know, it's about being tasteful, and it's about really being funny. And if you understand the joke, they were actually making fun of Hollywood. They were making fun of the fact that white actors that that, that Hollywood does whitewash things. You know, yeah. they got this blonde hair,
1: Not playing a black guy. He's right. playing a white guy
2: who's doing blackface. <laughs> I'm a dude playing a dude, pretending to be another yeah, dude. I was just another dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is you know and and the guy even and and what's funny is I went into the comments because you know that's where the that's where the meat and potatoes is on social media man that's that's it's in the comments and what was funny is that black folks after black folks after black folks were like whoa hold up first of all leave Robert Downey Jr. alone second of all these other people obviously didn't understand the character you know Um, and I had to agree with them I, I don't think that. If you, if you get mad about that, you don't understand, one, what blackface was used to do because it was used to kind of diminish and, and make fun of black people, right? And again, this character, but he really, I was watching the clips and I was like, fuck, he really, to me, he stole the show. As far as I'm concerned, he is the funniest part of that movie. I'm a lid farmer, motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah, just By far. He was... He was ridiculous. And the guy said, the only thing that was even slightly stereotypical was his voice was the voice that he was using. You know, like, this is what black guys sound like. And again, yes, he's right. It is stereotypical. I mean, we work with a dude uh, Well, you guys work with him now. I don't work with him as much uh, a rather large black man. And he sounds quote unquote white. Right. Um, I did not know he was black until I saw his picture and was like, Oh, and we joke about it. Right. Um, accents. There is a black accent. There are people that have argued with me about that. I do believe there's a black accent or an inner city accent. There's a white comedian. Um, Doug's probably seen regional. He's yeah, he there's, there's this white comedian. He's, I think he's from Cincinnati actually. And he wears a mullet and his whole shtick is that he's a white guy that grew up in, predominantly black neighborhoods, but he's got that accent and I've known other white dudes that have had that quote unquote, that accent. Right. Um, but it is still stereotypical.
0: Is is he the white guy that's like from Cincinnati or something? Cincinnati, Columbus,
2: Cincinnati. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, especially like when he'll fly back home, and goes to rent a car or whatever else. They- yeah. That's one of
2: his, sh- that's one of yeah. his, his bits. Yes. Is the lady, oh, the black the lady behind the, behind the counter. And then he gets to go down on the Bengals field and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, he's funny as hell. He's really good. Um, but he's got yeah. that. And I've heard can't that. He accent. Damn
0: name. Same my life.
2: I can't either, but I've heard that accent in Ohio more than once. You know, you know what so, my favorite stereotype is? What's that? Pioneer. He, he cricketed himself i can't fault him. no he knew he knew, he knew. I, I respect that i respect that he knew adam trying to speed
0: run the oregon trail or some shit
1: wait what no because it's no. a type of stereo
2: type of stereo yeah
1: uh-huh
2: yeah pioneer or I, kenwood kenwood that's yeah kenwood would have been a better joke if you said yeah. kenwood that's all right. I mean, yes, you try them out on us, and that's that's all
1: how. Right. I'll, I'll be back next week with the same <laughs>
2: joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite stereotype is Kenwood. Just not and out. Then mind. you guys will be like, <laughs> right, absolutely, dude. We will crack. Right? We will crack the fuck up.
1: Okay. No, I yeah, I need. I need you guys to really. What, hang on. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on. Can if I do an it? open mic, if I do an open mic, I'm bringing you guys to get the crowd going. I would you know, do that.
2: I mean, I'd be your hype, man.
1: You gotta start you gotta start the laughter so then everyone else laughs. Oh
2: yeah, just be like guy in the background, like ah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, still in the setup, Dan. I'm right, still in right, the setup. Exactly. Up.
2: You're like, so my name's Adam Lester from Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll just be like,
0: "Use a funny motherfucker. <laughs> is, you, get a him, funny mo- you get him, boy. You get him. That's a funny did. motherfucker right there. Oh, my God. I shit and myself I, And I'll just keep doing that the entire shit time myself. so no one can ever hear what you say. That'll be the
2: <laughs> That way they won't know you're unfunny. <sighs> Speaking of unfunny, that's enough of us for tonight. Adam, play us out.
1: Do not come.
0: Do not come. I'm gonna come.